Welcome to Trivially Crucial, where we believe every high-functioning sociopath, bumbling best man speech giver, and undercover drug addict, especially when all the same man, is important and critical to our lives, no matter how trivial he may seem. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, that's all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Mandy, uh, I'm excited to finally talk about some Sherlock. I am too. It was, it was a long wait. Uh, you know, between seasons, but well worth it, I think. Yes, yes, definitely. And um, for any listeners who have not watched any Sherlock, you should probably stop listening right now because we're really going to cover series three, but that's going to be full of spoilers for series one and two as well. Um, so stop listening if you haven't already watched all three to date series of Sherlock. Um. So yeah, Mandy, uh, thoughts on going into Series 3, what you were hoping for and anticipating. I mean, you were waiting a lot longer than I was. I, yes. I was waiting for maybe half a year, if that, maybe a little bit more than half a year. That's about it. Yeah, so I, I started watching Sherlock uh, right around the time Season 2 aired in America on PBS, because that's when I first heard about it. And uh, I actually remember... Uh, I had to go to Hawaii for work, which had an eight-hour trip associated with it. So I was like, oh, I'll download the first season and see what it's about. And uh, I watched the first season on the flight and then was furious I didn't have the second season already downloaded because I needed it right then. Um, and then I watched the second season, and that w that must have been right after season two finished airing. Um, and... I, I, I was just like, how can they leave us like this? <laughs> and then I waited the, what, two years between seasons? A year and a half might have been what it was. Because I think it aired here in June of 2010. Is that right? I, I really wouldn't know. 20, no, it can't be 2010. That's way too far. June of 2012. It would have been June of 2012. And uh, so, yeah, it was a year and a half I had to wait. And uh, it was just one of those things that was always in the back of my mind, you know, like, how are, how are we going to keep going? And I, at one point, I showed the entire show to all of my friends who lived here in Albuquerque. And uh, and they all hated you for making they, them. Just they all there. hated me. Yes. <laughs> uh, afterwards, they were like, what? What? I was like, well, we know he's alive. At least they didn't, like, leave us in anticipation of that, you know. Um, Granted, it's Sherlock Holmes, so of course he's going to still be alive. Right. Uh, and well, all I... What? They, they also tell you at the end of the episode. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. They didn't oh. leave us in anticipation. They right, told right, us right. at the end of the episode he was live. But even yeah. if they hadn't done that, it's Sherlock Holmes, so of course we would have known. The name of the was... show is called Sherlock, too, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, but really, all I was looking for coming into the third season was... Watson's reaction to Sherlock not being dead in the stories is unsatisfactory. Uh, <laughs> he basically passes out <laughs> and then is like, ah, oh, whatever, let's go back to solving mysteries. And it never felt like a real reaction to what would happen uh, if your best friend, uh, you know, fakes their death. So that's... All I had been saying going into the season was, I need Watson to punch Sherlock in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and what they gave me was more than satisfactory. 
So I that that's all I was looking for, honestly. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, for me, I didn't. I mean, I had heard people talk about Sherlock and how great it was, and I just put it off and put it off, and it was on my Netflix queue for a while, and I just didn't get to it. And then uh, was it last Christmas? I I bought Downton Abbey on Blu-ray, <laughs> and I watched that rapid fire. And then I was just in this mood for more British television. <laughs> and so I watched Sherlock and was immediately hooked and frustrated and glad that I hadn't watched it earlier because <laughs> I knew I didn't have to wait as long as other people did. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I had fun getting into things when everybody started, it, people were theorizing how Sherlock had, had faked his death and gotten away. And there's some pretty awesome theories out there. Uh, I also didn't, uh, I mean, I, I guess I tried not to think about it too much because I know it was coming soon and I just assumed that whatever explanation they gave wasn't going to make total sense or that they weren't going to give a full explanation because they like to keep keep us guessing when it comes to Sherlock. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that happens with this first two, in the first two series, it's like you you never quite know whether he's being forthright in his answers or not. Um, and so he might even explain how how he solved a crime, and you're not really sure if that's exactly the thought process he went through or not. Um, so I, I just figured something like that would be happening. But yeah, really all I wanted was more interaction between the characters, because that's what makes the show amazing. Um, the rest is just all really good window dressing for me. So. I don't know. I have opinions on that. <laughs> okay. I have opinions on all of that. <laughs> all right. Well, we can... Uh... We can, uh, do you want to start those opinions now, or do you want to get to them while we talk about episodes? I, it, we should probably get to them as we talk about episodes, except, I don't know, I guess the general, this season was definitely more character development and less plot yes. than uh, past seasons, and, and that's a, true to all three episodes. Yeah. And I think that was both good and bad. Um, I'm, I agree. <laughs> I mean, okay. So I'm going to be honest. I'm the kind of person who would be completely happy watching a television show that was just the Avengers trying to live life like Avengers friend style. I don't so always basically need Hawkeye, <laughs> the comic in TV form. Yes. Or, you know, like Captain America staring at a microwave, trying to figure out how it works. I find that immensely entertaining. Right. <laughs> so on that level, I was very happy, you know, with the character development and just like living life and all that kind of stuff. But on the other level, I think they sacrificed uh, a lot of... I I figured out the mysteries before Sherlock did in every episode. <laughs> I, you know, and I'm with you. Um, the only episode that that was true of before this season was um, the uh, Hounds of the Baskerville. Yes. When that's the only one that I figured out before him in the previous seasons. And this time, you're right. It was every single one. Yeah. Uh, and it which, was well before he figured it out. Like, right. I, I remember we were sitting here. I had invited my friends over to watch the first episode of Sherlock with me. And as soon as, you know, they said the undercover uh, underground agency or whatever it was. They said underground. And I was well, like, oh, well, it's the Metro. <laughs> it's like, why did it take Sherlock another hour to figure that out? I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I'm with you. And it, it um, so this is a thread and we'll, we'll get to this in more detail. But yeah, th this episode was full of 
the audience being ahead of Sherlock, which is very weird for the, uh, I, and I think very weird of things. Um, I'm not sure, and we can talk about this more later, but it, it almost makes me feel like they're, they were trying to give us more insight into how he thinks because so much of the, it's possible that, you know, he sort of fakes his way through a lot of things. It's not that he's not brilliant, but he, once he sees the puzzle pieces and how they fit together, he, because he is smarter than everybody else around him, then he kind of pieces things together and explains how, you know, in quotes, how clearly things fit and it makes everybody feel stupid around him, but they don't give us the insight to see it before he does. And this time they did. Um, I don't know, it, but it still, it doesn't feel like we're actually given more information than he is. So it's a bit yeah. weird. I didn't feel like the only episode where I feel like we were in a way given more information than him was the wedding episode. And that's just because, Oh, he chose to tell these two stories. This is a television show. They must be related, you right. know, like, well, and, <laughs> and in addition to that, we actually saw things happening while he was just talking about them. He never right. got to see it. And right. when he's so, telling the story, we see them enacted on screen so, as they happen. So. That the, the wedding episode was the one where I felt the hand of the writer in that, right? right. Like, yeah. I, I was like, oh, this is all really coincidental. They That's were leading why us I, ahead of, right. they were intentionally leading us ahead of Sherlock. Right, like, th this is why I figured it out before Sherlock, because there's no way, like, it's a story, right? He's not going to tell a story that's not related to the overarching story. And but if this was real life, Sherlock wouldn't realize he was doing that or whatever. So, so I was like, that makes complete sense. Let's actually get, you know, go episode by episode because okay. we're kind of jumping all over the place. So, uh, so episode one of series three, uh, the empty hearse. Um, I think a great thing about this, and of course, you know, they, this is something we've talked about before. Um, fandom is a thing. I. Uh, Oh and my gosh. <laughs> they embraced fandom so much in this. Just Embraced or mocked? Because I felt mocked. I did not think they mocked it at all. I thought this was like, yes, fandom is hilarious and awesome and they should know it. And But we also kind of love it. Um, I did not I, feel mocked at all. <laughs> I felt mocked. Um, I, I actually did turned to one of my friends at one point in the episode and was like, wow, Stephen Moffat hates me, doesn't he? Uh, like, <laughs> that that was the... I mean, because I've seen things Stephen Moffat has said online uh, about his feelings about fandom, and I felt mocked. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know how to say that more other well, than... Well, let's, let's go... So, of, of course, the various things the references to fandom um the theories the crazy theories we didn't just get you know here's the answer of how it happened we got what seven or some or so theories was it really only three oh, we got a lot of <laughs> of ideas about how things could happen and probably none of them are true um which i think is pretty funny uh and it is kind of a hey look yeah you guys can wonder all you want but nothing we say is actually going to satisfy you, so here you go. Um, and I thought that was really clever, because when it comes down to it, no, very few actual answers they could come up with would be as satisfying as just knowing that Sherlock is ahead of all of us. Um, and I kind of like that. I'm, I'm of mixed feelings about not knowing. Uh, it, it was nice that they gave us different theories of 
whether they made any sense or seemed realistic or not. Uh, on the other hand, I felt it was kind of lazy writing. It was kind of like, oh, Sherlock fell off a roof, but he survived. We're not going to explain it because, frankly, we have no idea. And we're you just have to accept that. Um, which, you know, on the one hand, yeah, you're never going to be able to explain it because, let's be honest, it's impossible to jump off of a roof and survive. Uh, the, the only things we really know that had to have gone into it are, you know, Molly probably, or not probably, Molly played a part, and most likely the bike rider who hit John had something to do with it. Right. That's, right. that's which, which is all what we knew coming out of last season. Right. Um, so, yeah, on the one hand, it was nice to see different theories. On the other hand, I was like, I kind of wanted to know how Sherlock really did it like what the real one was and i wouldn't have cared if it was a letdown it would almost be awesome if it had been like something stupidly mundane but sherlock is so far ahead of us that of course he would see this stupid mundane thing that the rest of us didn't you know um so i i was definitely of mixed feelings about it uh I kind of liked how they showed us the, the different theories. Um, I knew the first one was bogus as soon as he kissed Molly Hooper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, Sherlock would never do that. Uh, but, yeah. I, I've just got mixed feelings overall, I guess, about the entire episode. Well, so the, the thing that really got me, and I did watch the crim- the Christmas minisode beforehand. I did too. I still don't understand why Anderson cared so much. Like, I'm gonna, I, it's guilt. Is yeah, what I well, think so I is. understand that, but but Sherlock was, as far as I can tell, his name was never cleared in his death, was it? His name is cleared at the beginning of the episode. So I must have missed that. How did that, like, how was his name cleared? They didn't say how it was cleared. They just said it was. Uh, and they were like, at the, and when uh, Anderson and, um, I just completely forgot his name, the constable. Oh, um, oh! now that you said that, I can't think of it either. That's well, when they were talking, uh, <laughs> uh, there were like reporters in the background, and that's what the reporters were talking about, how, how Sherlock had been cleared. But they never explained okay. why or how Sherlock was cleared, other than I think they discovered Moriarty was real. Um, well, and Moriarty's dead, too, right? Right, so, right. So there is, there is that. But I'm but, sure they tried to pin that on Sherlock, you know, that, yeah, like Sherlock okay. killed him or whatever. Because that, that was the, I, I must have just missed that, but I was like, I don't, so much of this hinges on people believing Sherlock was innocent. And when did yeah. that happen? Like, I, yeah. I couldn't figure that out. Um, they did so, at the very beginning of the episode. It was very low key, though. So I, I'm not surprised you missed it, if, especially since it was like right after that, you know, theory. So everybody was probably reeling from, you know. And I was watching it with people, too. So I yeah. think. People, they were probably laughing or reacting to things. and stuff Yeah, like I'm pretty that. sure we were screaming at the TV, no way Sherlock would kiss Molly Hooper when they were <laughs> <laughs> So. Uh, so, uh, so other than that, so we get a bunch of, Lestrade. A bunch of theories. Sorry. Lestrade, there you go. <laughs> um, we get, you know, people hunting around, and it's two years have gone by. Which right? was nice that it was a nod to how much real time went by. Like, none of this TV, hand-wavy, like, it's only been a week. Like, no, no, no. It's been two years. (laughs) So, pretty cool. Um, In the, going back to the mini-sode that led into this, I liked uh, seeing a bunch of little things that 
must have been Sherlock <laughs> uh, <laughs> going on, some of which were ridiculous, some of which weren't so much. But um, yeah, so going into this, it was just fun seeing people who think Sherlock's a lot, well, one person and then Anderson and the conspiracy theorists who think uh, Sherlock is uh, alive. Uh, the the slash uh, story was kind of hilarious when they led into that. Yes, um, I. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much just a nod to Tumblr. I think um, it, it was a nod to, because... to fandom in general because you know Sherlock Moriarty is the second biggest Sherlock slash. <laughs> the biggest is John Locke. Um, right. Yeah, um, I know way too much about these things. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you say too much. I also say too much, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, going into this, though, so some, I guess a lot of people, uh, well, so you had you had some people that the in-show fandom of Sherlock trying to figure out how he did it. They're, you know, conspiracy theorists. And then, of course, Sherlock just kind of shows up because he's trying to show John that he's alive. And it's kind In of hilarious how he chooses to present way. this. <laughs> He's like, let me put on a mustache. And on what planet was this a good idea, Sherlock? <laughs> and interrupt his proposal to his girlfriend. I mean, to be fair, Sherlock didn't know it was going to be a proposal. That's true. To be equally fair, Sherlock is an idiot. <laughs> and to be even more equally fair, Sherlock's supposed to be a genius, so he probably could have figured out it was a proposal if he cared to figure it out. Yes. <laughs> Yes. But um, Oh, before we get can I just say I really enjoyed Mrs. Hudson and Watson interacting when he was telling Mrs. Hudson that he was getting married. Yeah. <laughs> and she was yes. like so soon after Sherlock. She's like the voice of all of the Watson Sherlock shippers out there, you know. <laughs> it's that has been one of the the funniest elements of the show for the first two series was just watching him Every single time she would say something and he would try to kind of express the nope, that's not how things are and she's just oblivious to his <laughs> to it. Just yeah, pretty hilarious. It, it was it was kind of adorable, you know. Yeah. And he was like, No, it's a woman and she's like, You really have moved on. It's like, <laughs> Oh, Mrs. Hudson <laughs> And of she's course adorable. it's never gonna be clear to her that they were never a thing. Right. Either. Like Which is she's... she's probably really confused later in the season when all three of them are like friends. <laughs> Right. Totally. It's like, how are you on such good terms with your ex who faked his death? I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. But yeah, I, Miss Hudson is adorable. That's yes. Uh, is it in this episode that we start to find out about Miss Hudson's history? I mean, they've always been hinting at it throughout the entire season, right? Because we always knew right. her husband had been sent to jail or whatever it was. Right. But I think we we heard a little bit more in this episode. We, we definitely heard more in this season. I don't remember if it was this episode or not. Uh, because I and the, the main reason I want to lean towards it being in this episode is because I think that the second episode didn't give us that much lead it for leading into the third one. I think most of the setup was done in the first one for it, but we'll we'll get to it. Um, so continuing on, um, you know, Sherlock presents himself to John, and John is, you know, understandably infuri in infuriated. Um, his reaction's pretty great, honestly. <laughs> I just loved how they kept getting kicked out of restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every time the scene comes back up, they're in a different restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly they're on the street because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> and he's just 
Sherlock's just delighted by this whole thing. He's he's just not really comprehending that this is not a nice thing to do to somebody. Uh, I think he's like befuddled that Watson is so upset. Like, he, and, and this goes back to Sherlock as he's portrayed in the series, right? This this is the guy who didn't know the Earth revolved around the sun, and it's because it's not important for him to know. And uh, in in many ways, Sherlock only recognizes truth as he sees it, uh, not as it really is. And he's just like, well, Watson likes me, so of course he'll be happy I'm back. You right. know? <laughs> it's like, why would I tell Watson? You know, it. and Watson has a very good point. Like, how many people knew Sherlock was alive? Why couldn't Watson have known? Um, right. And really, there's no good answer for that, other than Sherlock didn't think about it. Well, and, and again, he's a high-functioning high sociopath, right? Yeah. He, he doesn't understand people. He doesn't have em- empathy for people, so he doesn't act on empathy. He acts on what makes sense to him, and the thought wouldn't cross his mind, because the only reason to tell Watson is out of consideration for Watson. Right. So, uh, and, you know, that is definitely something that they continue on with over the course of the the series they they kind of try and pinpoint or they try and drill home the fact that this is kind of a core to Sherlock's character and that's why it's such a big deal that he cares about the few people he does but he's still inept when it comes to those people uh so actual events of the episode you can go ahead and walk us through what happened that plot wise <laughs> the plot so (laughs) uh they sherlock is i guess a train spotting guy uh tells sherlock about how uh this one guy got on a train and he never got off um at the same time we have uh mycroft claiming that some big terrorist attack is going to happen and uh sure he wants sherlock to figure out what it is um which is why, arguably, he brought Sherlock back to Britain in the first place. Right. Um, so this train spotting guy gets in contact with Sherlock somehow. We don't know how. Or maybe Sherlock finds him. I don't know. And uh, the guy who got on the train is one of the people that Sherlock, in general, keeps tabs on to see what's going on in uh, Britain's nefarious underground. Uh, but they can't figure out what happened to the train. Uh and, I mean, there's lots of character moments in between all of this, but basically it comes down to the fact that the underground ring that's going to, like, blow up Parliament is... This is all on Guy Fox Day. Right, which, of course. Which another, you know, punch in the face of what's going to happen. Uh, it's like, it's Guy Fox Day. Of course they're going to try to blow up Parliament. Uh, and... Oh, gosh... <laughs> it just all comes together in this, like, jo- Watson randomly gets jumped, which is completely random to this episode, um, and is put in a, a Guy Fox, um, what do they call him? A pyre? Uh, They're burning his effigy. Right. Um, so, Watson is in the bottom. Um, I'm pretty sure he would have died of uh, smoke inhalation. Before Sherlock got to him. But <laughs> Sherlock, uh, Mary is sent a text message about Watson being missing. Right. Uh, she goes to Sherlock. 
and they go rescue Watson. That has nothing to do with the rest of the plot. Uh, well, sort of. <laughs> um, so, well, you're right. It's it's really just made. It's that's done to serve the rest of the. It's done to serve the, the rest of the season, specifically episode three. Um, but uh, so a couple of things about this is one, we see Mary in action, um, and and she's basically they do I think a pretty good job of making Mary one of people's one of the audience's favorite characters really quickly. Because, of course, her reaction isn't jealousy that Sherlock is back. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And well, I mean, they had to. Uh, that I'm, I'm so glad they did it the way they did. But to be honest, they had to get fandom on Mary's side, or else Absolutely. they were going. You, you were going to hate her because Sherlock and Watson are the heart of the show. Right. Uh, and to have something come between them would have been a travesty. Right. So they so, they had to do something to make her immensely likable. And uh, there are a couple of things they did to kind of set her up for later in the in the series, like her ability to recognize a code on sight um, when you know when helping Sherlock, and the fact that she was she would pick things up that maybe he didn't right away, um, kind of tells us a lot. Because it's not that n- nobody else ever notices things Sherlock doesn't; it's just that nobody else does frequently. And uh, so it was good to see her. I mean, she was about as far ahead of John as Sherlock is most of the time, which is pretty nice, I think. I I would say Mary is. Mary and Sherlock complement each other really well, because it's not that Mary is as smart at deductions as Sherlock. It's that she reads people better than Sherlock. She she is. What Sherlock could be if he applied his deductions to, like, human interaction. But uh, at the same time, not quite as good at the deduction side of it. So it's, so, or I shouldn't even say not quite. Like, she's not as good at right, that right. element. But, she's not, but she has that, some of that ability and can combine it with empathy and understanding of people. So Right, it, no, no, no. I, I agree. She's completely yeah. different from Sherlock in that she's not deducing and solving mysteries or whatever. But her ability is, I mean, not that she isn't smart, because she is smart. Her her ability is to read the people in a situation and right. to, to understand what's going on. And so she can see the ties that bind Sherlock and Watson and how she fits in that and how she can play them to bring them closer together. Or I'm sure she could equally tear them apart. Um, you know, it, it's really a um, it's almost like a spectrum. Um, Watson's the emotional one who, you know, he's constantly considerate of other people. But as such, he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't think to manipulate people and so on. Um, So he's in tune with what people are feeling. And kind of, and while he's smarter than a lot of the other people who are around, he also is kind of, he still doesn't really follow basically any of Sherlock's deductions until they're explicitly stated out. While Mary, she can, she gets what, she understands people or is in uh, in tune with people's emotions as much as Sherlock, or excuse me, as much as Watson is, but she doesn't feel compelled to act on that the same way. She uses that as information. Right, right, completely. Um, she she uses it to manipulate what's going on, as opposed to Watson using it just to understand people and make everybody more comfortable. <laughs> so essentially, she's doing. She can do the same things Sherlock can, not as well, but she has more data points. Which is all the data points having to do with interpreting people. 
because all in he all, just doesn't have them. Moral of the story is we liked Mary. Yes, we liked Mary a lot. Um, <laughs> and she was very smart and yes. Um, also, we see the Mind Palace used. I hate the Mind Palace. I am not a fan of the Mind Palace. I just um, felt I like... I feel like it's the one element of the show style for his mind that does not work well to me. So, I mean, I frankly, I only knew when, what a Mind Palace was because of a book I had read, like a Sarah Douglas book. Oh, what's it called? Behind the Veil or something like that. And uh, I was... Otherwise, I would have been completely clueless as to what they were even trying to do. And... Why, if we're going to use the word mind palace all of a sudden, we should have been using it earlier. <laughs> but it's like when, when Sherlock Googled uh, his they... mind, I, I wanted to punch something. They actually did uh, use it in the first two series, though. They said it out at definitely at one point where he described, like, you know, there were a couple of times where he went into his mind palace in the first two series. And he would, he would pause and he'd think and he at some point explained to Watson what he was doing. But it was much, much much more of a minor role than it was in this series, um, which makes perfect sense when you get to episode three. Um, but I, I just, I'm not a fan of that, of that mechanic. Um, especially when it's used as extensively as it was in this one. Um, and in this episode, it was just, it, there's so much conversation in it versus in some of the previous times when we've seen it, where it was more of a way of organizing information where he would just sit there and kind of look at something and think about how it fit. And I, it just didn't seem to fit for me that well in this episode. Um, it, it just seemed very jarring with, I mean, even if it was referenced before, it was done in a completely different way in this season. And it, it was just very jarring to, I don't know, Sherlock as a character, I felt like. Um, yeah. uh, and again, it's the thing is, you know, there are other elements of his character of letting us into his mind that work so well. That they do like the the text overlays and the, oh, yeah, the I love zooming that. in and out of thing zooming in and out of little elements of, of you know the scene around him and then you know when they'll put a you know they'll put something up there then a question mark then kind of you know discard it and put a replacement thing on there as you walk through his thought process you know that that whole thought that element is really good I just the mind palace doesn't work great for me. Um, so anyways, though, that, you know, the episode ends with them finding a bomb in the train station. Because, of course, it's Guy Fawkes Day. Because it's Guy Fawkes Day, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I did enjoy the reaction, the interaction where Sherlock just, you know, turns off the bomb because there's a switch, because there's always a switch, and doesn't tell John, and just basically watches him essentially pee his pants, proverbially. And If, if I was John, I just, I would have punched him again. I mean, it just I, goes I, to show... How little Sherlock understands <laughs> how yeah. people operate. He wants John to forgive him, so he manipulates the situation. Not realize, I mean, not that he created the bomb. You know what I mean, right? Uh, but it's just like, <laughs> I, you know, the element of that 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 this really gives us though is I think it plays into John's addiction to this whole lifestyle, the adrenaline which yeah. we get later is. Yeah, this really pissed him off, but he just had this adventure, and so it's okay, you know. Whereas, whereas I think that beforehand he was all pent up and frustrated and whatnot. Like he he can forgive a lot for Sherlock because of how much he needs Sherlock. But and, and it and it also, I mean, this entire episode shows, but this sequence particularly showed that Sherlock actually recognizes now that he needs Watson. 
right? Like, yes, wa- he he didn't need Watson to confess his feelings, um, other than he wanted it, right? He wanted yeah. John to forgive him, and he couldn't deal with John being mad at him. Uh, so he made John think they were dying, so that John would not be mad at him anymore. <laughs> yeah. But and it, and it goes to show, you know, as they underscored earlier in the episode, uh, the difference between what Sherlock has learned uh, and what makes him different from Mycroft, because uh, Mycroft doesn't have friends and and doesn't Sherlock, want friends. It doesn't want friends, but that's who Sherlock was two seasons ago. You know. Yep. Uh, but now Sherlock has realized. That even if he doesn't per se need these people, um, he wants them in his life. His life is better because they're in it. Uh, and he would uh, die for them. And uh, I had saw someone on Tumblr point, uh, had like renamed the seasons. And I don't remember what they renamed season one, but it was probably like John and Sherlock become partners. In season two, they had named like John earns his place as Sherlock's partner. And they renamed season three, uh, Sherlock earns John as a friend. Like, he has to earn him back. And I was yeah. like, that that's pretty much the, the statement of this entire season. Like, Sherlock hurt John very badly, and he spends the entire season earning that friendship back. Up until his final action, his very final action in the third episode, which we will talk about when we get right. there, is him protecting John, essentially. Um so, yeah, I mean, that's the theme of this entire season. Yep. Sherlock realizes he wants friends, and he is doing anything he can to be the best friend he can possibly be to John Watson. <laughs> he so, just doesn't always know how to go about that. <laughs> that's true. Um, and by doesn't always, we mean almost never. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so let's move on to the next episode, uh, The Sign of Three. Um, because... Mary and Sherlock got Mary or got engaged in the previous episode. Mary and Sherlock did. Excuse me. Mary and John did. I mean, <laughs> really, that means Mary and Sherlock did too. But, <laughs> but I mean, let's be real. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they got engaged in the previous episode. So this is the wedding episode. Uh, and in it, Sherlock has to give a best man speech and it is just not something he is ready for uh not something he could probably ever be ready for uh yes so this was a really interesting episode in the way they had so many different mysteries interleaved to the point where for a while you're like oh okay you're just kind of sitting there and you're like all right there's a lot of detail here clearly a lot of this has to connect in some way but you're taking a really long time to get there um so I liked the episode a lot, but I also thought it dragged a lot. Um, I did think it came together at the end, though. Uh, I At first, I thought it was just going to be uh, an anthology episode, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. it was just going to be these one-shot adventures that they weren't going to have an overarching story on. And I'm kind of iffy on whether I think forcing the overarching story makes it better. Because... <laughs> uh, as as I said, you know, we talked about earlier, I feel like forcing the overarching story made the audience really know what was going on ahead of uh, Sherlock. Right. Uh, whereas I feel like if it had just been unconnected one-shots, uh, then we would have just been along for the ride, you know? That said, but, um, that said, by having them want 
overarching story where you had one conclusion at the end, it honestly, it made it so that the whole mystery served Sherlock's speech, you know, because there was that, that one line in the speech where he, or that one point in the speech where you're like, where is he going with this? And eventually he gets to the point where he talks about John's value, you know, and how much he needs John basically. And how he's a terrible person and so on and so forth. And John isn't. And that, just the impact of how that, like the the single moment that that hits, I think only really strikes when you have this overarching, like all these different things tying together. Um, and then, of course, the mystery gets solved after the fact. But But if you had individual ones, it would make it more obvious to his audience, like the people sitting there listening where he was going. And that's not really how Sherlock ever communicates with people. So I don't know that it would necessarily serve his best man's speech, which, again, as you, and, you, know, as you mentioned, uh, this season was all about the characters and their interactions. And so it would have it hurt that element, I think. Um, but maybe not. <laughs> um, I did yeah. really enjoy... Um... On a personal level, I really connected with Sherlock on this episode. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> I I know you knew I would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just uh, watching it, I was like, I I know what Sherlock is going through in this episode, and everybody else, uh, you know, some people are trying to talk to Sherlock and Watson about it, and you know, Watson doesn't see it. He doesn't understand. Of course, he doesn't. He's the person getting married, so he's not thinking about it. Uh. But, you know, we, we've both been there uh, where you're the best friend at the wedding and you're like, this is it. Uh, this is goodbye, you know. Um, and it's sad. And so <laughs> it was nice. It, it I, I almost cried while watching this episode. I did. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> um I mean, I'm going to see uh, shout out uh, Alicia. I had flashbacks to her wedding, <laughs> <laughs> which I did cry at uh, <laughs> multiple times. So, uh, yeah, I was just like, I, this, this is, they did this right. Like how sometimes that best friend is com- completely oblivious to what's going on. Uh, Cause I've been at weddings where I was sad and the other people didn't understand why. Uh, and you know, then someone, there is someone, sometimes there are other people who do understand what's going on. Like Mary, who's trying to, you know, be right. like, go be friends and get out of my hair. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, uh, that is, I think what the, the end of the episode really does a good, good job of is her kind of enforcing, Hey, you guys aren't done. Right. So, right. um, again, it, this episode just really lo- makes us love Mary. So, um, which is great because we need to. And, uh, and it's really great too, is that Mary, um, the actress who plays her is actually, you know, she is with the actor who plays John in real life. So that's cool. So they have real chemistry. Like they, they, they feel right together and the way they interact is it's real. Uh, which, okay. So to be honest, (laughs) whenever I learn something like that, or like the parents are Benedict Cumberbatch's real parents. Right. Uh, I'm just like, wow, this is like a fan project that's been given funding. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. <laughs> it's like, that, that's, 
like that that's what this is. It's like a whole bunch of fans making Sherlock fan fiction and it's beautiful. <laughs> and I mean I, I have nothing against fan fiction as no, we I, all. I don't know. either. Uh, <laughs> so I mean it's beautiful and it is what it is, but I'm like this this I mean because if if you and I were making a Sherlock movie, this is how it would go down, right? We'd be like, yeah. oh, who's gonna play Sherlock's parents? Well, Michael's playing Sherlock. Why don't we get his parents here? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would fit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it would make sense. I mean, as long as they connect. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, um, he, Benedict Cumberbatch's dad is a real actor. Right. Um, right. So yeah, no, I thought it was adorable, and it and it makes I, yeah, their definitely you know adorable. you didn't have um, they didn't I, have to worry about auditioning people who have the right chemistry with you know um, Martin Freeman because they're like oh well she's an actress he's an actor they have real chemistry let's go for it <laughs> yeah and she was I mean she I, was superb it, it's hard to imagine a better casting for that it really you know, is seeing her in action she's just so good at it uh, so yeah good stuff. Uh, any real i mean i don't know that there's a lot to say about this episode because it was really all about getting their relationships right i spent half um, of the episode trying to figure out if that kid was dean thomas <laughs> it was <laughs> that's funny that's funny um uh i do i i did enjoy the way that uh sherlock kind of enrolled uh the little kid in the in the mystery um how he that that one kid at the wedding just like loved Sherlock because he would show him creepy <laughs> pictures and Sherlock totally saw himself in the kid. Yeah. Um pretty great. I think Sherlock uh, would interact well with children and I think that shows it cuz even though you know when people think about people who interact well with children they think oh you have to be super empathetic or whatever. But Sherlock is none of those things and yet I think he would get on superbly with kids because he would just treat them like little adults. And yeah. he'd be like, but the kids wouldn't have this expectation that Sherlock needs to act like an adult. Right. So I, I, it made complete sense to me that Sherlock and this kid would get along phenomenally, like looking over pictures of dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll show you a decapitation if you're good. Yes. <laughs> but I also like that Sherlock realized that that's not okay for other adults to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so something about like decapitation is mentioned. He's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> Uh, then uh, his chemistry with the maid of honor was pretty neat. Um, I yes, I liked that. I thought it was interesting. And then the third episode happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So but, for like a week, I was like, I really liked that. How there was this like interaction, but she realized like Sherlock was not. It was never gonna like he was never gonna be romantic or whatever. But she didn't need him to be. She's just using him to like scope out guys. You know, yeah. like I loved that. <laughs> uh, and and you know what. It was, I liked her a lot too, because just her kind of level hadn't, like, she wasn't phased by him. Right. She was just like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. You know, yeah, he's smarter than me, but who cares? I just need him to do this and he's cooperative. Which makes <laughs> sense with someone who'd be Mary's friend. Yes, totally. Um, I don't know if we really have that much more to say about this episode. I mean, I, emotionally, it was a great episode, I feel like. Uh, again, like you said, though, not much in the way of plot happening. Um, yeah. So, His Last Vow, episode three. Episode three. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Opens with, uh, Watson having to go into the, uh, opium den. I mean, <laughs> what, heroin, yeah. uh, house? Probably heroin, yeah. Uh, to go get a neighbor's kid. And, yeah. uh, finds Sherlock there. 
I just, I just loved it when the kid was like, wait, you've come for me? And Watson's like, who else would I be here for? <laughs> Sherlock's like, hello, John. <laughs> oh. It was hilarious. Uh, it was hilarious and... Um, weirdly coincidental. Um, definitely weirdly coincidental. Apparently there's only one place to go get heroin in this entire area of London. Yeah. Um, very, very odd. Uh <laughs> Yes. Oh, oh, I did really, really enjoy John's confrontation with a guy at the, at the bottom. Yes. Uh, like at at the entrance, because it was just like, dude, just you, you don't, like, he, he told you to stop, and John's just not phased by him. He's like, boom, <laughs> just kind of you know pushes him up against the wall, and he's done. It, it, and it reminds you because a lot of the time John is shown to be kind of not understanding what's going on, but when fa- faced by normal people or druggies or anyone who's not at Sherlock's level, he's totally you know he's an imposing person compared to normal people i mean he's a doctor and he was in the military you know like so and and also i love that in the end they ended up taking that kid with them like yeah john's not going to leave him there if he doesn't want to be left there right um though if it really is a heroin den uh these people sure seem unfazed by getting off of heroin which (laughs) well who's to say they did uh, well, I mean, Sherlock, Sherlock wasn't clean, was he? No, no. Sherlock was not clean. We, that's why Molly slaps him. Right. And... So. I... <laughs> but Sherlock has gone through this before, right? Right. That, that but that doesn't point. make it easier. That makes it harder. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, presumably Sherlock or Watson wouldn't be letting this other kid hang around if he was still shooting up. You know, and I'm just, I mean, the point of the episode was not drugs, but it was something that distracted me the entire episode. Like, where is Sherlock's withdrawals? Like, why is Sherlock just like, okay? <laughs> well, keep in mind, he was on morphine for a big part of the episode. That That is so, true. So that would probably That would probably help. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, was on, he was on morphine for a big part of the episode, and most of the episode happened over a very short period of time, and then there was a time skip, I think. So, so they, that could have basically just happened during the time skip. Um, and, you know, jumping ahead, and we'll, we'll jump right back, but jumping ahead, there was the point where, you know, when he knew he was going to pass out again and he called, he emphasizes, like, I told you to bring morphine. So, um, so I, I don't think he was done with it. I think we were seeing that, but he was preoccupied and had morphine in his system. So, um, yeah, so I guess, I guess that would do it. I wasn't thinking about that, but yeah, I was just like, that the people should not be this okay after they've just been shooting up drugs, you know. Yep. Um, but you know, um, drugs weren't the point. I get no that. drugs weren't. So uh, <laughs> we are introduced to Charles Augustus Magnuson, who I just so this is probably my biggest thing with the season. Is I just didn't care about him in the slightest. I I just didn't care. I I was like okay. They did sure. not do a good job of bringing his menace to the season. Um, right, and like, they like, dealt with him way too fast. Like one episode for someone who is controlling Mycroft, like you know, not not right. that he was controlling Mycroft, but he is. Mycroft views this guy as a threat. He should. I should feel like he's more of a threat. Right, and that's the thing is though. Like, I felt essentially the same way where. The the argument that Microsoft was or Microsoft Microsoft <laughs> the argument Mycroft was giving to to Sherlock about hey just leave it alone like you know he's a businessman I mean 
yeah, the guy was a scumbag and whatnot, but I was just like, eh, is this guy really worth Sherlock's time? Like, you know, and then of course there are, there are reasons why we cared, but, but I just didn't care about him. I didn't really see him as all that menacing to society as a whole. Um, well, I mean, someone's the... just going to replace him. That's the thing about people like that, right? Like, uh, it's he's not a criminal. He's a political person. Well, he is, though. Blackmail is crime, right? Sure. So It's also politics. So, uh, it is. But, but, I mean, he is a criminal. He's just not a... He's not a... Well, I, I was going to say, he's not a murderer, but is he? I don't no, think he has murdered I th- I don't anyone. Think, I think he's basically using his ability to bolster his news business, right? Right. That's, that's essentially what we got. So, um, so they're clearly trying to m- model him after, after you know, some business uh, business people in the real world, historical and current, who uh, you know people view with distaste because they have, uh. They are perceived to be having too much influence over the way that world politics and so on work. Um, And Sherlock doesn't really care about that. He cares about the fact that this guy has control over people he cares about. Um, Which is interesting. Uh, And it does go to show just the, this kind of, this thread of how Sherlock has changed from being like Mycroft to being a bit less like Mycroft. Uh, That's what this whole thing hinges on. Um, And that, of course, the ending really hinges on that. Um, and to be honest, I actually appreciated the particular action in the ending, which we'll get to, but, uh, leading up to it, there are all these clues everywhere. There's this weird thing with the, this guy, Magnuson can, you know, he looks at somebody and sees their pressure points, sees essentially what he can blackmail people using. Um, and of course, you know, the first reaction is like, oh, it's like a Google Glass thing, except that, you know, I'm aware, I'm very sensitive to when media uses technology badly. Uh, so I was like, are they really going to do that? Because A, we don't have anything quite like that yet. B, like, and, you know, looking at his glasses, they were totally normal glasses. There was no space in that thing for any kind of computational stuff. So, was, so I just didn't buy it. Oh, I, I figured when, when Sherlock took the glasses and saw nothing, yeah. uh, I actually thought they were going to go with the Torchwood contacts angle. Oh, Okay. So, so for me, because I mean, I never expect technology and TV to make sense ever. I don't either. But so far, (laughs) Sherlock has done an okay job of it. That's because, yeah, I just, which is the thing that got me. So, so it was more of a minus the whole him surviving, jumping off the building. Well, we're talking technology. We're not talking (laughs) other stuff. Hey, but medicals technology. We don't know that he jumped off. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyways, but I, you know, so when I first saw the glasses thing, I was like, oh no, are they going to go that route? And I was like, I, I really, I don't necessarily buy it because I'm going to be really disappointed if they do. Um, then there was the element later where the thing that really clinched it for me, and this was before Sherlock had his meeting and took off the glasses, was when he said, like Sherlock himself said, none of it's in computers because it can be cracked. I was like, well, there's no way to do that without computers. Because you're you you're not gonna get all the like, they're not gonna go, be so ridiculous that he's gonna have enough storage locally on the glasses to have that. Well, so, I thought that so, entire statement was bogus 
because I was like, computers cannot just be hacked. And if your computer is not connected to a network, someone would have to physically go there and right, break in your point, house though. and hack it. So R- having a physical non-connected computer is no different than having a file cabinet. That's true, but at the same time, it would have to be networked in order to send stuff to his glasses, which means it would be hackable, you know? Um, which is not to say necessarily that Sherlock's you know, supposition that the guy cares so much about it not being hackable is that important, but I was willing to give him stock in that. Because uh, I'm with you, of course, a non-connected computer is not insecure. Like, you'd have to be able to get into it just like you could, you know, if you put it in a vault, it's just as secure as paper. Yeah. Um, and it's more <laughs> dense for informa- as far as information goes. Yeah, if not but, more secure. <laughs> but, um, but as soon as you saw the glasses, you know, with the glasses, like, well, that doesn't make sense. It would have to be networked, and therefore that whole thing is gone, and it's therefore... Therefore, you don't have to get to the house. Um, so it could be networked, or it could be a guy sitting at the would computer be through... who's like texting him information. Yeah, yeah, but then he would. But that person would also have to have a constant feed from his glass. Anyways, I, it was supposing <laughs> it, even if they were going to be doing ridiculous things with technology, they would have to be doing a lot of ridiculous things at once. That I just. I was like, okay, this whole episode's a wa- uh, like a loss if they go this route because it's just too much. It's too much hand waving um, to be able to to add that in as it is, especially with things Sherlock had said. So I just I couldn't buy it, and I was very happy when they did the. I, I mean, and it I almost felt like it took me too long, but when Sherlock took off the glasses and then the guy could still see it, I was like, okay, it's all in his head. He has a better memory than Sherlock does. That's what this is. Um, I still thought it was a real vault that he looked at stuff and then would file, you know, kind of file it in his head. But, you know. Do you know what I thought of when they showed him in his mind going through the vault? What? Did you ever see that terrible Stephen King movie? Uh, Is it Dreamcatcher? I did not. Oh, it's a terrible movie. Um, But, I mean, a guy essentially spends the entire movie trapped in his own head. Uh, in a library is how he organizes everything in his head. And there's, there are aliens involved because, you know, Stephen King. Uh, and there's like an alien trying to take over him. And so he's like hiding in an inner vault in his library while an alien is at the door. But it's all in his head. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's instantly what I thought of the endearing the entire sequences in this guy's head. <laughs> so one of the things that got me about this is... I think that in the end, Magnuson was not smarter than Sherlock. He just has a better memory. I agree. You know? He just has a better, uh, a better mind palace. Right. He has a better mind palace, but he is not smarter because when it comes down to it, Sherlock figured it out when they were at the table. Like, I am convinced Sherlock figured it out when they were at the table. And then after that, he was just bluffing his way into being shocked. Like, I'm pretty sure that was just to get confirmation. Um, because he wanted Magnuson, because Magnuson's strength, almost his overconfidence, is his knowledge that he has more information than other people do. And he wanted to play to Magnuson's weakness, which is that overconfidence. Which is, which is exactly what he did. Uh, I mean, as soon as Sherlock made Magnuson confirm twice, like, it's all in your head, I, and Magnuson did, I was like, are you an idiot? Why yeah, would you like, say that? Yeah, it's like, of course that? he's going to just shoot you. Yes, like, like I what, would shoot you. Like <laughs> I, I would shoot you and go to jail for that. Why not? Like, <laughs> like, if it's all in your head, if you die, that's it. It's done. Like, yeah. it's done. Uh, I mean, honestly, I was surprised it took Sherlock so long to shoot him. <laughs> well, and again, I think it's because 
Sherlock cares about. Like he's a socio, he's a high functioning sociopath, but it still doesn't mean he wants to be a murderer, right? Like, and so I think that's right. it. He's like, he was like, I he needs to I make like... sure that this is it. Like, because he's willing to do it if this is it, but he doesn't want to do it if there's still something else out there. Like he wants to make sure, which is which is what I think this whole thing is. I think he figured it out ahead of time. He's like, this is all actually in Magnuson's head, probably, but I need to confirm. So he did the meeting at the table. And he confirmed. And then he went and he made sure that John brought his gun, you know, because he knew that he was going to end up killing the guy. Like, he knew he was going to end up killing and him. I, and I think the only reason why Watson didn't uh, kill him first was because Watson trusted Sherlock would have a better, better plan. Um, right. Otherwise, I feel like, I mean, this was so obvious that John knew that killing right. him would solve it. It killing him is the way, out. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, that's well, not what anybody wanted to do, you know. And that's why right. John kept looking to Sherlock and saying, you know, like when when Magnuson's like flicking him in the face, uh, you know, looking to him like, is this What's what we're plan? really gonna do? Is this how this is going down? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and and that's the thing is, Magnuson is a smart guy, and he had a lot of information, and he just had overconfidence in what that interfa- information meant to people. Like he just just didn't have it in his head that, oh, you could just shoot me. But um, but there's also the thing that really gets me is this guy is so powerful and he's blackmailing so people, uh, somebody's going to call your bluff. And yeah, I mean, he said, and they, they said it in the conversations, like, well, you know, I don't, I don't need proof. I'm, in, you know, I'm in news, which is hilarious, honestly. Um, but it doesn't really work that way. I mean... Well, it depends on how big your targets are, right? Like, because some people... You know, it, it's kind of that, that case where sometimes, and this is to kind of go to a really dark place, but um, if you're a person, you know, being accused of, of rape, even if you didn't do it, can like ruin your life. You know, being accused of, if you're running for political office, being accused of, of adultery, depending on what your constituents is, can, can ruin your chances. And being accused of it, if the person who is accusing you knows it's true, even if they don't have the proof, means someone's likely to dig up the proof, you know? Uh, so I guess I follow that, but it doesn't mean it's going to work every time. And, and so it means that, like, some people have to have gotten out from under his thumb, and if he then didn't show the proof, they would know he didn't have it. Right. You know? And, and that's, I, I feel like this would have broken earlier. Um, I, yeah, I, someone would have figured it out earlier, and uh, he's, I mean, he had the letters for that woman, uh, so it's just like, did, did he not keep them? Did he burn them? Did uh, You know, I'm thinking that either they were fake, or he, uh, or he had just acquired them, got them, and then, you know, and used them as a way to, te- to, to lure Sherlock in and then got rid of them because he didn't need them. Um, but I mean, even them being fakes would be sufficient, right? Just to kind of play his hand. Cause again, he is a smart guy. He's playing a game. Like he knows that other people assume he has proof, right? So like people assume he has this vault and therefore he plays on that. I'm sure. I um, guess, I guess there's just in my mind, there's like two levels of news, right? There's like, t- the tabloid kind of news and the real news that has that has proof and it, i guess it made me think of not to get political uh <laughs> the obama birth certificate situation like let's uh yeah let's let's i i'm with i understand the thread of thought yes 
I, I'm with you. It, and that, but that's the thing, right? Is all you have to do is get people on your. If this guy is a you know a news magnate, like he owns networks and so on and so forth, then then I'm sure he has so-called real news where stuff is just you know reporting on what is happening, and then also talk shows and stuff where somebody's like, and then bring you know there's this accusation that such and such is true. You know, and then they just kind of mention it offhandedly, but in a public enough environment that people lock onto it, you know, because people will. Um, so I think it was a very accurately cynical view of the way that people's reactions to news work, um, because he's he probably wouldn't be presenting that stuff in the, you know, the nightly news. This was found. Here's the proof. You know, it would be more in the talk show environment that people walk watch afterwards where. People just talk about what people are talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like, like Doctor Who, right? Like uh, again, I'm with you though. I I did not <laughs> buy this guy as like again. I'm just I'm trying to walk through the arguments for him, but I I just didn't care about him. So um, so I'm glad he died. Uh, I'm glad that was the resolution. I'm glad that there wasn't some hand-waving, fancy-schmancy way of getting out of it. Because it, as soon as he's like, it's all in my head, I was like, well, okay. Shoot, shoot him. In the head. Like, that, that was my first, like, like I was just like, like shoot him! <laughs> shoot him in the head and we're done. All right. Uh, Clearly, seems- I watch too much, you know, sci-fi television where just shooting him is the answer. But, um, yeah. I, um, so before we finish the episode, I want to back up. Because okay. we've skipped over a lot. Yes, we have. Uh, so I want to talk about Sherlock's girlfriend. Yes, yeah. Um, whatever her name was. Yeah, the the maid of honor. Um, mm-hmm. I, as soon as that happened, me and the person I was watching with, we just like exchanged a glance, and we were like, "This is not happening." Like, we're like, "What is he using her for?" That was exactly. Well, it I had two me. thoughts. I was like, "What is he using her for?" And if this is real, I am coming after Stephen Moffat. Uh, you know, because I, <laughs> I. I Stephen Moffat is not a fan of Slash, uh, which is fine. People don't have to be a fan of that. And I was like, is this his way of coming out and being like, Sherlock is definitely not gay, you know, like by having this? And I I was afraid he was going to go that route. Not that I even care what Sherlock is, because in my mind, Sherlock's completely asexual, so it doesn't even matter. (laughs) That's that's how I view him. (laughs) Uh, But I'm just like... Why? Why? And then it wasn't real. And I was so happy. I was so happy it wasn't real. <laughs> I was like, I need Sherlock to just be the asexual guy who uh, doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I mean, honestly, just the way he acted was wrong. It, it just was so out of character because that's not how he, even if he was interested, that's not how he would act. You know, and uh, so it, it was, yeah. He was definitely using her for something. It was not clear what, but uh made sense afterwards. Um, I, we, I did uh, love Watson's complete, like, you have a girlfriend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Sherlock being like, let's move on from this topic of conversation. And Watson just like, can't dinner, let it go. You and us. <laughs> dinner. <laughs> uh, though it does seem, even for Sherlock, uh, it seems low that he would do this not not to just any woman because i i believe he would totally use a woman like that but this was the maid of honor at you know, john though, and mary's wedding we'll get a bit further and i'll talk about why i don't think it was that big a deal um 
because there are things that happen later that I that I think he was aware of that make it better. Um, not good, but better or less bad. Um, I still feel like if this was someone Mary was close to, like, yeah. and he used her and other things hadn't happened that had Mary more preoccupied, uh, <laughs> Mary would have been a little upset with him, you know, like that. E- e- well, yes. So, but let, let's let's move forward a little bit because we just mentioned Mary for like the first time in this episode, <laughs> um, which is kind of ridiculous because this is really about her. Uh, um, so they've been setting her up as pretty smart, and uh, yeah, turns out turns out she's the Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> a, she's not even from the UK. <laughs> she's she's American, um, from the CIA. Shield and. She's totally black. <laughs> yeah, she's totally. You know, she's she's you know a former agent who escaped from her life, stole someone's identity, um, and found John. And well, it sounds like him. she was an agent. Then she went away from the agency and became a mercenary. Then stole someone's life. Was what I got from it. But I, I think she's not still a mercenary. Though. No, no, no. I agree. She's not still a mercenary. But I, I, right, I, right. I do think there's a difference between. Deciding you don't want to be a legally authorized assassin anymore and get in a new life, as opposed to a legally authorized assassin who becomes a mercenary oh, who gets a new I life. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's she's definitely clean now, but uh... right, and she really does truly love John, um, and you know, and you see that in her kind of that moment of weakness where she's like, John can't, you know, can't know this, which I totally disagree with, but. Um, Anyways, so yeah, there's this whole thing. She's. It turns out that Magnuson finds this information on her. So what was his whole end game in the first place? He just wanted Sherlock. Is that all it was? No, he didn't want Sherlock at all. Sherlock just got in the way. What did he want? He was after that woman and like the British government in general, and then that woman hired Sherlock. Oh, that's right. That's right. Lady, so he needed to get face? Sherlock in order to get him off of his back. Okay. Right. So he, Sherlock was probably the only real threat to him in, you know, the right. UK. And so since Sherlock decided to stick his big nose in Magnus's business, Magnuson was like, fine, then I'm going to take you down. Yep. By getting at so, your best friend. So, and by getting at your best friend through his wife, who turns out. <laughs> is an assassin. <laughs> is an assassin. Um. I really enjoyed the scene where, because as soon as, so, okay, there's this whole scene where we find out where Sherlock fakes an engagement in order to get into Magnuson's thing because his girlfriend and um, Mary's maid of honor was actually the um, assistant to Magnuson in his private office. Which, Um, how coincidental. (laughs) Yes. Um, And so Sherlock gets up there. And gets in and then, you know, confronts the lady who is going to kill, uh, who he thought was the lady who hired him. And, and of course, like, as soon as that happens, when he calls out the, the perfume and we already learned that that was the perfume Mary does, like, oh, no, it's Mary. Like, of course, at the time, I still thought maybe Mary had just figured it out before he had. Yeah. I didn't think about what was actually going on. Um. Now, that said, this was like my one, the one time I have really enjoyed the Mind Palace in the entire show was when Sherlock spent this time figuring out which way to fall. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot, actually. Because um, that was really just a, 
here are all the different people in my life, the things that that the thoughts that would come to me from the elements I have taken from each of them and their influence to me. Like, what do I do? And I feel like um, it's the only time a visual mind palace like that makes sense uh, because he's about to die, you know? And so to a certain extent, he could be seeing illusions, you know? Right. Like, so I completely buy that. Yeah. Um, I, and something, probably my favorite thing about this whole thing, uh, the whole mind palace scene was actually his mind version of Mycroft is the one who tells him the thing he needs to know. And it's because clearly, you know, both Mycroft and Sherlock agree that Mycroft is smarter than he is. Yes. And, and this is just so deep in his head that even when he solves a problem, he attributes it unconsciously or to subconsciously Mycroft. to Mycroft. I, I think it's a beautiful description of their relationship as brothers. And I think this, this entire season did a better job of showing that Mycroft and Sherlock are brothers. Like, right. I mean, in episode one, we have Sherlock telling Mycroft he needs friends. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, in, in later episodes, we have them complaining about their parents. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in this episode... And we have Mycroft, while drugged up, admitting that he cares about Sherlock. Yes. Uh, we have Sherlock admitting that when he was little, he felt like an idiot until he met normal kids. Because yeah. his older brother was Mycroft, and you can't read, and you're three years old. What's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> like, uh, but and oh, them playing Operation together, not chess. Uh -huh. Oh my gosh, hilarious! <laughs> I loved that, um, and I I liked that because they do have this weird dysfunctional relationship, but it and it's deeply traumatized Sherlock on some levels. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there was that thing when, um, that puzzle solving thing, was it in the empty hearse maybe when they were, they were doing stuff and, and Mycroft was testing Sherlock on what clues he could find. Yeah. That, um, that was the empty hearse. Uh, yeah, so, and I, I could so, just imagine Mycroft doing that their entire life, you right. know? <laughs> and and the, the really interesting thing about this is he still, Mycroft calls on Sherlock as an asset instead of doing the things himself, you know? And, even though they both realize that he is smarter than Sherlock because they realize that that's not the only element at play. Well, it's right? not the only element at play, and Mycroft... And Mycroft has other things to do. Uh, yeah, Mycroft's like the Nick Fury of this situation, right? Could right. Nick Fury go take care of it? Probably, but why, would he, why should he do that? He's got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> so yeah. I, I loved that, and I, I, you're right, that in the Mind Palace it showed, even in his own mind, he attributes... He has his brother berating him and uh, pointing out what he thinks is obvious, which is what Sherlock knows all along because it's in his head. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, and, and which again it may, it means that in his head he thinks he himself is slow because he's like, you know, I clearly already had the pieces and it just took me this long to figure it out. And Mycroft already knew, or would have already uh, known if he had the same puzzle pieces, you know. And so. also, uh, in a beautiful callback to all the rest of the seasons when he goes to his safe place in his mind palace and Moriarty is there. And yeah. I I think that there, cuz there's always been this connection between Sherlock and Moriarty that they are the same person and Moriarty is who Sherlock could become. Uh but won't. <laughs> but but won't because he has people like Watson and Mycroft. Um yeah. and I mean that was something I noticed from I mean in episode 1 of season 1 of Sherlock, when he meets the cabbie, who taunts Sherlock into almost killing himself because aren't you bored? And that is the exact reason why Moriarty kills himself at the end of season two. 
because, because he's, he's, he's got nothing else to do right now. and that so they they are the same person and that's who sherlock fears he will become so of course he has locked away the moriarty part of himself in this like chamber in his mind and when he goes there because it's the only place he has left that, that i mean that's like the most primal part of him right at mm-hmm. at his his primal nature is moriarty yep Clearly, so, I have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> so we get to the point where um, Sherlock has been shot, um, and you know he's in the hospital, and then he leaves the hospital because he needs to tell <laughs> John that, like, who shot him without her knowing. Oh, I loved when the right. doctor was like, he he would only say one thing. He was only asking for one person. It was Mary. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yep. 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 So that was that was good. Um, I did enjoy the way that he revealed things to uh, to John. Like, you know, he put his chair back, and then put the the perfume there, which basically told John explicitly, "Mary's the one who shot me." Yeah. Um, but then he had know. Mary confess it to John, and that's that's the thing. When Mary asked Sherlock not to tell John. I was like, there is no way Sherlock is not going to tell John. Like, even yeah, if John no hadn't way. been there. I was like, John is his best friend. And he if he has learned something in the past season, it's that he cannot keep secrets from him anymore. Yeah. And, and this, this the way that this went, too, is, you know, in hindsight, and because clearly he thought there was some way she was redeemable. Like, you know, he had put together, you know, after the fact, we know that he had put together she could have killed him easily and didn't. And he wanted to show that to John too, right? And so, really, it was a matter of it's not that I thought you, I think you tried to kill me. It's that whatever is going on, John needs to know. So, um, so that was good. I, I really enjoyed the way that that wrapped up. Um, or, I, and it, I, I and it just shows up. how much Sherlock has changed because he's not thinking about himself. Like this isn't about him at this no. point. Like he, if this was just about Sherlock, he'd either take Mary down. Or not care. Like, those would be the two options, right? Like, either send her to jail or just ignore her because it's not important. But because it's important to John, it's important to Sherlock. Yeah. Now. But that wouldn't have been the case two seasons ago. Right. He would have just been like, you know, he would have been like, yep, she shot me. And then, (laughs) by the way, your wife's an assassin. She didn't kill me. She could have. Let's figure out why. But he doesn't want her to go to prison either because, you know. Yep. She's part of his family now. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Um, and I guess that whole thing just kind of, they figure that all out. They figure out why, so which, you know, totally makes them understand why she was there. Um, and just gets it to the point where, okay, we need to go after Magnuson because that's what he has. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, and I guess the rest we already talked about, the going up to the end. Um, after that, well, right before he actually goes to Magnuson himself, he, you know, when he drugs everybody in the family and whatnot, there was the whole, um, the, the family scene where everybody's at home and apparently John and Mary haven't really been talking, um, but are there at Christmas anyways. So. Well, they're Sherlock's, they're Sherlock's family and they don't have any family, right? So. Yeah. Though it's. 
funny because this is like the first time they've ever done this. But I mean, it shows how much the relationship between John and Sherlock has changed. Because uh, for all we know, Sherlock's gone home every Christmas, but this is. He hasn't taken John. <laughs> yeah. And Mycroft hasn't come every time. Right. But, you know, Sherlock's just out of the hospital. Sherlock's been gone for two years. And everyone's missed him. And Sherlock has realized that people need, need his presence to, you know, get something. Like, not... What am I trying to say? It's It's not that he... It's not that he needs to be there. It's that he realizes people need him to be there. And he actually cares enough to give them what they need. Uh, and I, I just thought it was great that you had this Sherlock or this Holmes slash Watson family Christmas. Oh my gosh. And the parents, when they, when they talk here and you're like, wait, their mom is actually really smart (laughs) because the way that they've talked about it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that at all. Like. But... It, it made complete sense to me, though, because, uh, you know what it made me think of? It, Ender. It made me think of Ender. And that yeah. scene where Peter realizes his parents aren't idiots. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, of course like, we knew. they're smart people. <laughs> they may or may not be as smart as you, but clearly they're smart people. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, wait, did you write this book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I I loved it. And, it. and it goes to show they, you know... Sherlock and Mycroft are different, um, fundamentally, not because of the way they were raised. There is something fundamentally different in their brains, uh, their prodigies or whatever. Um, but they were raised in a loving environment, which is why they're so close as brothers, you know? And why they're not Moriarty. (laughs) And why they're not Moriarty. Exactly. I mean, they have a mom who's like... Don't forget to take us to see Les Mis, you know? <laughs> yeah. And she gave up her, uh, what what kind of science? Mathematician? She, something like that. But, like, she gave up her promising career in that in order to, like, bring them up, yeah. basically. And like, bring them know? up as super geniuses because she was smart enough to keep up with them, you know? Like, yeah. No, I, I loved the entire thing. And I loved how um, Mr. Holmes, Daddy... Holmes. <laughs> Papa Holmes. Uh, is kind of a corollary for Watson, you know, because he's like, he basically admits, like, I can't keep up with people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is not to say he's stupid, just like Watson, you know, Watson's not stupid. Um, no. It's just, you know, and people like that need people like Daddy Holmes and Watson in their life. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, really does go to, again, Sherlock needing Watson and, uh, and Sherlock's insistence that Mycroft needs somebody around, too. So, hopefully Mycroft gets somebody. Well, at least good. now he has Sherlock more. Like, because originally true. the relationship between Sherlock and Mycroft in episode one is just kind of like Mycroft keeping an eye on him. Right. But now they actually converse and play games. And it's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot more brotherly than I feel like it was probably for a long time. Um, right. So, at least Mycroft has Sherlock. Um, and which actually takes us to the very ending of the episode. Um, so, you know, Sherlock is a murderer. They have decided to send him away rather than try him for murder because they know that wouldn't really go well. But send um, him away with the indication that he's going to be killed at the end. Right? Because uh, remember earlier, uh, Mycroft had been talking about how the, whatever, MI6... Uh, had wanted to send Sherlock back out into the field on a job that 
And Sherlock was like, how long would it take? And he was like, approximately six months. And then you'd be, you know, basically he said you'd be killed at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he goes on this mission and Watson's like, how long will you be gone? And Sherlock kind of like shrugs and was like, six months. <laughs> so yeah. to me, that was an indication that this is the same mission that, yeah, he's going to go out with a bang doing something for the British government, but then he's going right. to be killed. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so, of course, he was reluctant to do that because we know that he cares about his brother. Yeah. Especially because of what he did just a little bit earlier while drugged. Or right, which is why said. Mycroft originally did not send Sherlock on this mission and protected it from him, protected him right. from it. But now he can't because Sherlock's a murderer. Right. Um, so then we see, you know, a broadcast of Moriarty on the screens, which there is... There is no way it's Moriarty. There is no way There's it's Moriarty. No way. Like I, I am ready to give up on the show if it turns out to be Moriarty because that's ridiculous. Dude. So it's got to be somebody using his image. Um, My money's on Irene Adler. <laughs> could be. Um, that that's you know it definitely could be, uh, and it could be somebody we don't know about. Um, but uh, yeah, so Moriarty's image is on there, and it's nice that there's a lot of things because people know at this point that they have previously already found Sherlock guilty of of trying to frame some guy as a mastermind who turned out to actually be a criminal mastermind and Sherlock stopped him and so like so you've got this kind of you know probably essentially a, a sense of nationwide guilt over that even if he is alive now you know it's kind of like well you know look at what we did to him before and they realize that only Sherlock could have stopped him and now he's back, like, even if they know that he's not, you're probably going to have some panic nationwide, and sending Sherlock away at the same time is a bad call. Like, you know, even if he did just kill a guy, like, the only one who could probably ease some of the panic is having Sherlock on the case. So, yeah. so there's that element, even if they know that he's not it, like, and that probably isn't him. Because I, I bet you, you know, these guys, you know, Sherlock and... Mycroft are probably like, okay, we know they're immediately, this is not him. Who is it? We need to figure it out. But, but you know, Mycroft is looking after kind of the well-being of the nation. Yeah. And so he's definitely a, well, need to call him back because there's, that's really, we have to. We, yeah. we have to do that. And we have to put him on the case for the country. So, also, um, I, I really appreciate that Mark Gaddis and Moffat trust us enough not to leave us with a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, because yes, this is a slight like appeal, like it, but it's more of a hint as to what the next season is going to be, as opposed to oh my gosh, I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Um, <laughs> which is what the last two cliffhangers were. Like season one ended with Moriarty standing there with John and Sherlock about to be you know killed by him, and yeah. season two ended with Sherlock dying, and I was like, you know, my heart can't take this anymore. I can't wait two years at that level of anticipation right. anymore um that said, and they know we're gonna come- uh, i hear rumors that this is gonna come back in the fall uh but then i heard counter rumors that uh moffat recently said 2016 oh that would be terrible so we really don't know <laughs> um at least there's one good thing about this not just one good thing there are good things about this show in that um because it's the british schedule of just shooting whenever you can and it's three episodes or three mini movies whatever like it's okay if the guys have other commitments because they can just, you know, the way British television is, they can just come off for a while and come back on when, when ready. 
Um, because this would not fly like in American television, the show would have ended already because they just, these guys have other commitments. They're in movies all over the place and, you know, have burgeoning. Both of them have just intense careers at this point. Well, I I think it works to the show's advantage because it becomes such a special thing. Like when you have new Sherlock, (laughs) it's like a planet wide freak out. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, for me, it was at the point where I was like, if the Super Bowl goes into overtime, I don't even care. Like, I'm leaving and I'm going to watch the third episode of Sherlock because the Super Bowl is every year. Sherlock is not. <laughs> <laughs> and so you do have this level of anticipation, but it, it's not it's not being made mundane by being overplayed, you know, by, by extending it out. And... It it could go on forever like this, I feel like. Like, you know, three episodes every two years. And I think people would wait for it and yep. love it when it when we have it. I'm with you. Yep. American television so, would never try it. But I think no. this shows that it can work and the system with American television uh, is not always too, Amer- too American. You know what is bringing it to American television, though, is the... Uh... Netflix and Amazon with their online streaming stuff commissioning their own shows because they basically just put those on all at once. Uh, that is essentially, you know, it, it's it's basically taking the British model and then kind of making a hyper version of that. Which, I mean, to, really is no different. I mean, yes, Sherlock, we get one episode a week for three weeks. But, it, I mean, it, they might as well release it all at once because that's how small the the time between releasing episodes right. is compared to how long we wait for them. Yeah. Uh, so, so that is that is basically the conversion that's happening here, though. Is it's going to happen with the online stuff, with Amazon commissioning stuff for Amazon Prime and Netflix commissioning stuff directly. Um, that's that's where we're going. And you know, and, that's and I think it'll be that's good. where Marvel's going, right? For, right. Marvel's they, gonna have got, like what, four, four shows, shows commissioned for, with Netflix. And I think the only one I think I've heard a definite is going to be is one of them is going to be uh, Iron Fist and Power Man. Um, yeah, which, that's what I heard. Yes, I need that show. <laughs> Heroes Which for Hire. Didn't, um, yes. Didn't Matt Fraction write some Iron Fist? Yes, and it's amazing, though it's really freaky I, I, when you go read it because he did it with David Aja, so it looks like Hawkeye. That's hilarious. So I, yeah, I need to check that out. Um, um it it's good. I read it. Um But yeah, Sherlock, I love it. I love I love how different it is that they're doing something different. Um, you know, just with the individual episodes every once in a while. I love that even though Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman have become famous since, you know, the first season, uh, they are both still dedicated to this show and are committed to more seasons. Yeah, because they like it. Yeah. I mean, they like it a lot. And uh, and, and it's, it's nice. Um, and again, because it doesn't come at the expense of the rest of their careers. Agreed. And I think that we couldn't, if not for the British model, you know, for the model that this show specifically has, it, they couldn't keep it up because... You know, when it comes down to it, it would be unreasonable to ask them to do a, like, you know, a 26 episode season of this at the expense of being in Star Trek and The Hobbit and, you know, huge, huge opportunities like that, because that's what would come to. Like, you couldn't do huge things like that while being on a regular yearly 26 episode American show. No, and and I and I think this show is, and everyone who's involved in this show would disagree with me and kill me for saying this. uh, This show is fan fiction at its finest, uh, because that's all this is. It's a labor of love. 
Like it's a labor of love. None for, of these people for... are making it for the money. Yeah. They're doing it on their off time uh, of something they love. And that... Because clearly they love Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stuff. Like, yeah. It's just, it's full of love for that. It's and, full of love for the original source material. And that's what fandom is all about, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the fan art, the fan fiction, everything fans do is for the very same reasons. And this is what, you know, this, this is that, but with money behind it. And it's you know, beautiful. To, to be honest, like, this is actually a lot of how I feel about um, the reboot of Doctor Who. Like, people who, the people who were involved in bringing the show back were huge fans of Doctor Who when they grew up. So it wasn't just, hey, let's make this show that'll make us some money. It was, man, wouldn't it be great if we could bring back this show that we love? Let's do some fun stuff with it, you know? Because um, everyone they've had who's worked on the show, at least to a point, like maybe it's getting a little bit, now it's becoming the show for its own, you know. That's what I was about to say. To put... I was like, I feel like I agree at the beginning, but right, Doctor right. Who's gotten uh, encumbered by its own I don't want to say paycheckness because it's. I don't really think anyone's doing it just for the paycheck. No, but, no, not at all. But but it's become a thing that has to happen yeah. versus a thing that is happening because they really, really want it to. Um, right. It, it's right. that. It's the difference between a a job and an opportunity, or right. a uh, you know something that you do as a as a hobby. It's the difference between a hobby and a job. Sherlock right. is a hobby. Uh, Early Doctor, Doctor Who, Who two thousand five was a was hobby. definitely that was a. That was not only a hobby, it was like, let me stake my camp. entire reputation on this and die for it. <laughs> you know, but, like, uh, it was a huge risk for all But now, people. I mean, I'm sure all the people in Doctor Who still love it, but it is their job now. Like, this yeah. is a show, it's become, a, it's become an institution again, and people expect certain things out of it, rather than people just dreaming of what could be. Um, yep. So. But, nope. and yeah. So it's amazing. That, so all, all in all, conclusion on the season, um, I'm with you 100%. You know, you mentioned early on when we, in this discussion, you mentioned that uh, that this definitely, a lot of the character stuff, or the character stuff came at the expense of plot, and that helps it and hurts it. Um, I was very satisfied emotionally with all the character stuff. I love, you know, the main trio now, uh, their interactions a lot. Uh, that said, yeah, the plot was weak. Uh, I... We the overarching plot or overarching plot in the season, or in in the series, whatever, however you want to say it, just didn't matter, really. Um, I mean, it was barely a thing in the first two episodes. The only significant aspect of it really was building up how much Sherlock really loves John and by proxy Mary, and making sure that we had insights into the fact that Mary was really smart, <laughs> so that it just didn't blind us in the third episode. Um, but other than that you know overall plot kind of weak did hurt it in some ways i i but hope man, the next season I... is a little stronger on the plot um right. because i think this was fun for this season and it was nice because we needed this um after sherlock i mean that that was a huge betrayal of john's trust what sherlock yeah. did and that's the thing is we had to have a season based on character bonds because of the way that that episode and and we didn't have any new plot to go on like we didn't have a like we didn't have a launching point for a new plot it was well how is how are people going to deal with this right. when he comes back but I, versus this time it's like okay there's a mystery to be solved and hopefully they'll hit the ground running with that yeah. in episode I, I definitely want next season to have a little more plot you know i as i said at the beginning i do enjoy 
just characters. <laughs> and keep in mind, but, also, now they don't have to convince us of the relationship that these three have. Right. We know the relationship and, they have, and, so they can just work together. To and the nice things. hijinks can be, oh, now you have baby added in, right? Yes. Like Uncle Sherlock. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uncle uh, Shirley. <laughs> Uncle Shirley. Over little baby Shirley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <gasps> they can name the daughter after him by naming her Shirley. Yeah, they totally could. That's already my headcanon. <laughs> wow wow um, because because he's like i'm not going to name my daughter after you you know sherlock's if a girl's it's, name if it's, daughter, it's like boom shirley done <laughs> yeah so but i definitely want there to be more plot and i want that balance i want them solving mysteries side by side um yeah and and i think that i, I think that they will do that honestly I, I feel like that is where this little snippet that they gave us there is no personal relationship situation to be solved anymore. Now we're on to using those personal relationships to, to serve the plot. And I think that's good. I, I mean, if they do that well, then series three or season three was exactly what it needed to be. Yeah. Um, if they don't do that well, then, you know, we'll see. But, um, but if season four is plot heavy, then I think that, then I think I will have zero issues with the plot having been lesser of a role in this one. So that's about it. Um, it has been a while since the last episode. So uh, as a reminder to any listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at TrivCrucial. And you can get to us online at TriviallyCrucial.com. You can follow Mandy on Twitter at Brown underscore Aja. That's A-J-A-H. And you can follow me at Alhim. That's A-U-H-I-M on Twitter. Uh, any any send off notes, Mandy? No, come back for next time. <laughs> That's it. 